Howdy, and welcome to the FPL Jingle with the Young Canadian, my co-host, Stephen Meiselbach. How are you, Steve? I'm not too bad, Owen. Thanks for the nice intro. I always enjoy the way you say my surname sometimes. It's the, one of the only people who say it correctly. Yeah, a bit of that. Just people just don't make the effort to say it, even if they do say it correctly. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's a difficult one. I'd, I'd imagine you get a lot of measles backs, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I get it all the time, but I was actually funny, well, not even funny, but like I was in a meeting with um, one of our German colleagues and he was looking at my laptop as I was signing in. He's like, oh, like, are you German? And I was like, no, no. And I told him the whole story about my mom and dad. And he's like, oh, and I was like, yeah, half Irish, half American, zero German. He just got a lot. He got a nice laugh out of that. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Man yourself. Nip that in the bud now. Zero German. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, apart from the relatives in Argentina, but like, sure, we don't talk to them that much. Jesus. Yeah. That's that's uh, <laughs> uh, after a botched uh, operation, was it? Uh, I mean, like, it's still classified, so I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Do you ever think of, of getting a nice little mustache? What do you mean, uh, like just like shaving my beard and like keeping the mustache? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe just a, a well, narrow, I, a narrow you, mustache. I, you, well, then I just look like my dad, who you've met, and like Jerry, nice man. Yeah, I couldn't pull off a mustache as well as he could, but I can. I but I'm able to grow a beard, and he's not, so it kind of cancels each other out. Well, there we go. Maybe you should just shave your mustache, so there can only be one full <laughs> set in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll shave the mustache part of my beard and keep the rest. Yeah. So there we go. Sorted. This, this End of the podcast. Is... Thanks for listening, everyone. Any more facial hair issues? You can email them on to fpljingle@gmail.com. This this is going to be an Asia Europe Eurasia podcast. Would that be fair? Mm. I'm now in Bali. Eurasia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm. Uh just uh chilling here podcasting you can rent studios here it's something i might do in the future but yeah i've, I've moved abroad i think anyone that's going to be listening to yeah. listening to this would be aware so we'll be we'll be podcasting from even further afield are you going to give away your location or are you going to try and keep that a secret I said bali but Chengdu to be more specific uh close there to you the go beach. close to the beach uh We've rented scooters. It's it's a it's a crazy spot. Do you know the shock you get when you go to Amsterdam and the place is like destroyed with bikes? Yeah. It, it's the same here with scooters. They... Oh yeah. Well, I I remember you sent me a picture, um, of uh, like the traffic uh, with all the mopeds, and I was like, it's like Amsterdam just with mopeds instead of sco- instead of bikes. Yeah, that was my yeah. instant. That was my instant thought. Exactly, like in, you're generally in Ireland, the only thing you have to be careful for crossing a road is a car. Whereas here, the cars all drive exceptionally slowly, and the bikes are zooming. Yeah, I'd say if you drive a car, you have to drive slowly because if you hit someone, you're liable. So I'd say that's probably a, a bit that plays into it as well. Hmm. And one one last thing before we move on is is there's a lot of stories about people getting I don't know what the word is taken advantage of apparently cops will stop you and just like fine you they'll find some reason at all to fine you even if you have everything in order 
What's mm-hmm. the word? Is extortion the word? Not a bribe. What's yeah, the word? yeah, extort. Yeah, no, extortion would be the right word. Like basically, like, um, if you don't give us money, we're going to arrest you and throw you in jail for a make a crime that we can just make up on the spot, and no one's going to help you because you're a tourist and this is our country, sort of thing. Yeah, it's mm. happened to a few people I know. What uh, the trick is, uh, Owen, is to have a second dummy account uh, that has just a small amount of money on it, so that if you get if you get threatened with that, you can go and put in the dummy card and say and, and like show them the ATM screen and say, "Look, this is everything I have," and then they can go, "Oh well, fine," and then take it and fuck off. That's a good tip. Uh, hopefully, all our listeners in the Indonesia region. And make use of. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Not very, you though. Yeah, I th- I think I think mostly like they they don't like they do they just keep the money like the cops don't use the find money for the betterment of their nation. They just <laughs> no, they of course they, they don't. Yeah, Own, yeah. do you know where you are? Like, of course but they don't. Not, yeah, well, I suppose what I'm also thinking is they're probably not going to arrest you either. Like you know, they'll, they'll probably I mean... do nothing. Like if you say if they say give me money and you say no. They'll probably just say, "I'll stop the next tourist." I mean, it depends. Like, if you want to call their bluff, I don't. I don't know if I'd be. Uh, I'd be as bold. I don't know. I, I, what I've heard many people do is just put the shoe down, and um, not nothing happens. You know, just if you get stopped, don't stop. It's kind of the the advice I got so far. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, um, okay. After our facial hair and scooter discussion, this is also a footballing podcast, and we've had a nice break you from You never it, know it. No, you wouldn't, because we're not very good at it. But... Well. <laughs> um, we had a nice break. We, in the last podcast I was in Ireland when we recorded, that was back, that must have been after Christmas, that was around... Was that January? Start of January? We were yeah, going? yeah, that would have been January. Like it was after. I think we missed. So we missed the first couple of weeks after the restart because we were away skiing. But like we got, I think a couple in um, before you left. Yeah. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad I was skiing for the Stevens Day. The Stevens Day fixtures to be all messed up. Is this the first year where there wasn't ten games? Uh, I don't know. I I could try and look it up if you want, but it's got probably going to just take me a while, so I'm not arsed. No, yeah, no. I I noticed like the general. You know, you always have the ten games on Stevens Day, but alas, it wasn't to be this year. And we've had the FA Cup, and we've had January signings. So it might be a little bit of a different podcast. I think this time we might we might just look back on our teams from game week twenty one, which is a long time ago now. And maybe discuss yeah. briefly the fixtures, or, or just call out the results. Um, uh, I I don't even I wouldn't even call out the results. I I feel like maybe just kind of like maybe even just look at more so the FA Cup and how maybe the this what some of the through lines are. Like for example, like Liverpool playing out a a nil nil draw with Chelsea and then going on to lose to Brighton in the in the FA Cup. Like just how their form even after the restart has continued to what it was before the world cup um yeah yeah i i think yeah it'll be loosey-goosey i think um yeah nice nice to touch on fa cup fixtures for a change we should give this podcast even a different uh thumbnail maybe something (laughs) from, from asia 
interesting. Yeah, you have yeah. A, you have a think about that. But in the meantime, are you you want to you want to drive this? Uh, you want to drive this car? I'm going to call it a scooter, and I will drive it. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not Gibbs. I'm not hanging on to the back of you. <laughs> you can you certainly don't touch me. Um, game week <laughs> twenty one was very boring. Uh, aside from the nil all between Chelsea and Liverpool, which was an exceptionally exciting fixture. The Manchester's played out the most interesting games. City beat Wolves 3-0 and Arsenal just pipped Man United in a 3-2, which Rashford returned in again. He's in flying form. And I got on pretty poorly, and you got on okay, Steve. Do you want to tell us about your team first? Yeah, sure. So I finished, what was it, 813k. So I had 84 overall, Kepper 9, Trips 8... Uh, Rashford 7, De Bruyne 6, Saka 9, Kane 6, Haaland with the captain uh, for 34. So that was a lot of my points there. So <clears throat> yeah, pretty happy with it. I've been go- I've been going well since the, the, the winter break, which is uh, surprising to me. So um, yeah, just hoping it'll keep going. Um, we'll get into what some of our changes could be to our team later. But uh, I don't think there's many coming for me. Maybe just one or two surprises. Yeah, un- unlike me, um, I have I have some big changes in mind. I, I held on to my transfer. I wanted to keep a double because I want to get Rashford and Saka into my team, probably getting rid of Almiron there and Kulazewski. But um, yeah, I got a 70, which is just five points above the average. Put, puts me at a 5 million rank for the game week. Uh, yeah, I had I had Haaland, De Bruyne, Trippier, Pope, and then a lot of shit. Uh, Kane scored for me. Yeah, Kane yeah. was one of my pickups. Uh, Kulazewski, Tony, Martinelli, Almiron, Nico, Williams, uh, White, and Arsenal. Is, and I left nothing. Is Malassia? Is Malassia Owen? I just see him on your bench here. Is he going to be a starter for you next week? Because that'd be interesting, given that. United now seem to be back to kind of close to full strength in that back four where Shaw kind of plays left back and they have Martinez and Varane now as their centre-backs and wan or Dallo as the right-back. So there's not really much spot, uh, many spots for him. So are you are you kind of relying on him as a starter or is he going to stay a bench player for you? I'm in a bit, in a bit of trouble with the defence. So I have, I have Walker, Malassia and Nico Williams, the three of which... Mm. Ideally, I would not be playing. But I don't think I'm going to make any transfers in my defense this week. I want to bring in Rashford and Saka. That's the priority. Yeah. Um, I have 11 outfield players that I could play reasonably. But I only have two good defenders in Ben White and Kieran Trippier. So between Malassia, Walker, and Nico Williams, I'm going to have to find a defender that I'm going to play. But I'm going to have to look into that a bit. It might end up being Nico Williams, though I'm not sure who Forrester are playing. Uh, not Forrest are playing Leeds. And he's not a guaranteed starter either. So No, he's not. Uh, I think uh, Nico Williams is like the right back, uh, or is the right back. And Serge Aurier has been starting a fair few games so, as well. So there, he's probably prone to a bit of rotation. But uh, it's just mad that when you list off all those players there that mentioning Kyle Walker and then not having him as one of your good defenders or as a starter just is just crazy like nobody would have thought that at the start of the season but since the restart Pep has just been <laughs> rotating like crazy you know like Rico Lewis like is getting <laughs> yeah exactly but Rico Lewis getting serious minutes at right back and uh 
like Ruben Diaz seemingly being wrapped in wrapped in cotton wool for like their Champions League fixtures or something, and then we'll get on to it later. But Joe Cancelo then going on loan to Bayern Munich seemingly out of nowhere on deadline day, like just like madness going on, and just the, the city defense is just all over the place. I'd love to hear a bit more come out about that because there's something something happened there. I mean, like Cancelo. Said, yeah. Yeah, just the last like three game weeks I've I've not been getting the minutes I wanted so I said I'd move <laughs> there's something happening there yeah so apparently appar- yeah apparently the kind of the relationship between the two of them kind of was getting deteriorating over time and eventually I think there was a, a like a training ground kind of bust up and then Pep told him like you're being disruptive to the squad so if you want to go just go and I think Cancelo kind of like kind of like dared him and he like called his bluff as if to say like we can win the league without you or we can do whatever we need without you so you can just go so like his it's a loan to Bayern Munich with a 70 million euro buy option I don't know whether Bayern would do that because I think the last time they did that with a defender was like um, Lucas Hernandez for like 50 million and it hasn't really worked out too well for them Mm. But who knows, they might. Um, but I don't see them really paying that release clause, so it might be the case that he goes somewhere else in the summer. I wonder, was that poor man, man management by Pep? I mean, like I, I would have Cancelo as like uh, certainly a top five defender in the world. Yeah, uh, it's that, it's that thing. Before he started getting rotated. It's uh, that thing with the team of superstars that Pep has where he's got so many fantastic players that you have to rotate to keep them all happy, but eventually some players aren't going to be happy with that either. So there's a bit of um, whispers coming out that Cancelo, Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, um, the senior players in the squad kind of aren't happy with some of their minutes and the way that they're being rotated within the squad, um, which kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, even before the window closes, there was links of Kyle Walker to Fenerbahce, like, which makes, which is crazy considering that he's like in the squad that won the the Premier League last season and hasn't really been that bad. He's been fit since the World Cup. Is that right? He, he has been fit since the World Cup, but I don't think he's been fully fit. Like, he has come on and he has started games, but he's been subbed off at half time, or Rico Lewis has been subbed off at half time for Kyle Walker. So it's kind of like a, a constant rotation. Yeah, yeah, it's a team of superstars situation. Um, but yeah, they, no, no problems at Manchester City, I would guess, anyway, even if they make a defense out of like two 18 year olds and some good players, they seem to get the result in the end, anyway. Um, I'll move along to the bankers and outside pick because these were fantastic this week, Stephen. This is our best performance to date, I would say. Oh yeah, this is our best performance ever, I'd say. Yeah. Um, going to start with me. I picked out Matoma after watching him score against. Uh, who did he score against in game week twenty? Leicester. I was, I, oh, le- yeah. oh, tw- uh, week game week twenty. No, he, he didn't think he score. He did score. Uh, I watched the game at your house. I remember seeing Matoma absolutely lighten it up. This was with Trossair on, not even on the bench, fuming, awaiting his move to Arsenal. Matoma yeah. got the game. Um, yeah, so they played. They played Liverpool at home. The three 0 
he didn't score in that game, I don't think. No, he didn't. He Solly just... March got two and Welbeck got the other, but I think he had an assist. Or even if he didn't have an assist, he was just like, he yeah, was he off. was one of the best players, on, if not the best player on the pitch. Mm. Like, Trent could not handle him whatsoever that game. He was he was Never brilliant. Trent. <laughs> Steve, your outside pick for game week 21. Yeah, Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins, yeah. Yeah, like a, a goal against uh, Southampton. I kind of thought, I kind of fancied it, just given Southampton's kind of like, I don't know. I don't even know if it's fair to call it poor form because they knocked out um, City in the Carabao Cup not that long ago, and I think they got a win in the FA Cup, so they're doing okay in the Cups. But uh, And they had the win against Everton, obviously, or, uh, obviously but that doesn't seem very hard. Um, but yeah, I just kind of fancy the Villa to get a result here, and yeah, Watkins, especially with Danny Ings out the door now, is going to be their main man, so it'll be interesting to see how they go going forward. Yeah, Watkins could, could become a very viable pickup then. Uh, where did Ings go? West Ham. Okay. They did need a striker. That'll be interesting to see. I bet you he'll go through a spell of, of form. A brief one. Well, he's injured now. <laughs> Okay, maybe not. As is often <laughs> the case with Danny Ings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then for the three bankers, number one was number one, and he scored three goals. No need to develop that point. Saka got mm. one, uh, at least one, against Man United. Cracker. Did he get a goal? Yeah, it was assist? Cracker as well. Yeah. And the Newcastle defense kept their sixth clean sheet on the trot in the Premier League. Is that right? Uh, yeah. And if they get another one at home to West Ham this weekend, Pope will have set a Premier League record for seven clean sheets in a row. Yeah, I wonder, imagine like being foolish enough to drop Nick Pope like for even just one <laughs> week. Uh, there's a, so there's a certain man in our in my fantasy draft league who was foolish enough to drop Nick Pope for Kepa because Kepa had a double game week, so I snapped him up almost straight away, and I have uh, been absolutely loving it since. I love it. Love it. Okay, Steve, that's game week 21. I think I'm going to take a short break before we move on to game week 22 briefly and talk about some January signings. Does that sound like an idea? Yeah, it definitely is. One of many ideas. Roll the commercials. I hope you enjoyed that, those words from our sponsors. Um, just click on their links and get us loads of money. They do uh, they do put a lot of cash in our pockets, Steve, don't they? Yep, absolutely. You're a millionaire over there. Uh, game week 22. We have Chelsea taking on Fulham. Everton play Arsenal. Any crackers here? Man City play Spurs, Steve. I think that'll be the fixture of the game week. Yeah, the game they usually play at the half four on the Sunday is usually the pick of the bunch. I mean, <clears throat> um, it depends on what you're looking for in terms of a storyline. Everton against Arsenal is kind of interesting. Sean Dyche is in now as Everton manager. They made no signs during the January window, potentially signing Isco after his move to Union Berlin collapsed and it's a potential banana skin game for Arsenal. It'll probably be one of those games where they'll just care more so about the result than the performance. And what What's that Isco story? So Isco was a free agent 
and was due to sign for to for Union Berlin, and seemingly everything was agreed. But I think then his representatives or him made a few changes last minute, and basically the club said that's not how we operate or not how we do business, and they pulled out of the deal. So there's uh, talks that he might sign for Everton now, but we'll see. I mean, they were talking about signing Andre Ayew, and then uh, yeah. Nottingham Forest came in and made him an offer, and then he decided to go to Nottingham Forest instead. So it shows you how far down the totem pole uh, Everton are. Like that, Andre Ayew makes that Nottingham Forest's thirtieth signing uh, since the summer. <clears throat> Jesus, what did did Nottingham Forest get new owners? Um, before coming up, or or what, what the hell happened? They got they, they didn't get new owners before the start of the season. They got new owners, I'd say, like a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, he's a Greek um, businessman Freak. who also owns, uh, I think it's Olympiakos. So sometimes what they do is um, similar to what Man City do with the other clubs that they own, either in America or in. Spain is they'll buy a player and then send them to that club. So I think there's yeah. been a bit where oh Olympiacos player comes over to Nottingham Forest or vice versa. But for the most part, they've just been injecting a lot of money into that squad. Like I mean, they signed Keylor Navas from PSG. I think I think on loan, but I mean even for a loan, that's like pretty big. Yeah, I mean I'd say what they've invested in their recruitment team, even even to just do the paperwork to get all that stuff done and to do the scout work. Well, I mean, really Chelsea would uh, Chelsea would know something about that as well, Owen, wouldn't they? I mean, <laughs> Chelsea have spent, like, what is a half a billion since uh, the summer. and uh, Shrewd, I would say. <laughs> shrewd, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how it works out for them anyway, but I know Hakim Ziyech probably won't be happy with the, with the pay, uh, paperwork department from Chelsea after they submitted the paperwork. The incorrect paperwork, sorry. Uh, uh, three times uh, during his attempt to get a loan to PSG. Sounds on purpose, doesn't it? It's it reminds me of David de Gea and the fax machine. Like it, it just kind of, you know, doesn't really make sense. Um, so yeah, you it, it, fi- yeah, you always hear those stories. I I never believe them. You know, this this didn't happen because of the last eighteen seconds and shit like that. I always feel like that one one side knew what was going on. Yeah, there's always a bit of gamesmanship involved with this, like uh, especially with the Enzo Fernandez transfer, where apparently Todd Bowley said to his uh, team after watching Enzo Fernandez in the World Cup final, said, "Get me that man." In a kind of a scene <laughs> that you imagine would be in a movie at some point if it ever were to happen. And uh, they basically refused to take no for an answer from Benfica, and eventually structured a deal and got extensions to the to the deadline in order to get everything finished. And um, yeah, like he's now the Premier League's most expensive signing ever. So uh, we'll see if he can live up to the hype. I saw River Plate make twenty five million out of that move. Uh, yeah, thirty five million euro nice they made out of that transfer. Clothes. Yeah, that was a clever bit of business on their behalf. So, um, will we discuss the fixtures? I mean, um, we kind of we kind of did. Owen, I don't really think there's many other things to talk about. Maybe one thing to mention is the fact that Antonio Conte had gallbladder surgery and is recovering, uh, so won't be available to uh, manage the Tottenham game against Man City. So his assistant manager will have to take over. 
um, which will be interesting to see how that goes, whether they play with a bit more freedom or whether they um, try to go even more within their shell, although I don't really think that's much of an option. Um, Wolves at home to Liverpool, I think, is a, is a really interesting game because I think Wolves have a real chance to... To, to get a win there like Liverpool are not playing well and they're now struggling for goals as well Cody Gakpo up top hasn't really been the shot in the arm that they were hoping for Salah kind of looks lost um, their midfield kind of seems a bit all over the place they're kind of making rotations and bringing in these 18 year old lads from the academy try and give them a bit of energy and like um, Kanata you know I think is out a couple of weeks with a, a hamstring injury so you're looking at a back four oh of Trent, uh, Matip, Gomez, and Robertson, and that's if Matip is fit. I'm not 100 percent sure that he is. That would have been a class defense like two, three years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll be fair and point out all the Liverpool injuries that are happening. I mean, Cody Gakpo didn't come as a striker either. He he was a winger that sometimes played at striker when PSV were stuck. Mm, true. But uh, yeah, I mean, like obviously Jota, Diaz, um, the selling of Mane now looks like a poor decision. Um, kind of lack of midfielder signings. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean the selling of Mane. We, we, you could probably was. You can make a lot of excuses for them, but yeah, they're 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 going just as badly as Chelsea are right now. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Liverpool aren't one of the those clubs where they can afford to eat the losses on players like Mane or whatever. So they bought him for thirty million. They won a Premier League. They won a Champions League. They won a cup, an FA Cup or two, and a League Cup, and then they sold him for a profit to Bayern Munich. You know, like in terms of what you would ex- want out of a player and a transfer, I think everything went about as well as you could have hoped for. Obviously, him leaving and then the team performing poorly, you can say, "Oh, well, that was a stupid idea to let him go." But like the player had made up his mind that he wanted to leave, so it's kind of like you know, it's like when you hand in your notice at work. You kind of made up your mind at that stage, so. Um, but I don't think you can pin it all on the man I transfer. I think there's a few, there's loads of other factors that come into it as well. A hundred things going wrong at Liverpool. So, Steve, I think we'll talk about our teams. What we're going to change up for game week twenty-two. Talk about the bankers before a discussion on the January transfer window. Mm-hmm. So have you any crazy signings planned, Steve? I don't if they're have just average a... signings, I don't want to hear about them. I don't really have any crazy signings planned at the moment, but <clears throat> I am thinking of triple captaining Rashford this weekend because they do have a double. That's crazy, Stephen. Tell me more. They do have a double at home to Crystal Palace and at home to Leeds, and Rashford is in arguably potentially the best form of his career and yeah I think everything just kind of makes sense Leeds I think uh, lost um, one of their main defenders was it Diego Llorente uh, has gone out on loan to Roma let me just double check that for you real quick so I don't get my facts wrong that's a strange move Um, let me see yeah uh No, I'm wrong, am I? I must be. I thought I saw Leeds him. players out and alone. Maybe in, yeah, in well, the meantime, I'll discuss uh, changes I want to make while you're double-checking that one, Steve. I mentioned at the top of the pod that I have Almiron and Kulazewski in my side, which I'm not 
overly pleased with uh, getting rid of those. Hopefully for a second, Rashford might require a little bit of an extra move. I only have, I have nothing in the bank. So I don't know that I'll be able to afford the two of them. Almiron obviously being a cheap and getting cheaper player. Let me just check his price. Yeah, so I was right. Diego Llorente has gone out on loan to uh, Roma. So, you know, he was uh, a key player in that defence. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. And uh, what's also interesting is that Matthias Click, um, who would have been an important midfielder for them, I would have thought, has gone to DC United on a free transfer. So there's obviously something that's gone on there as well. But, you know, I'd say also bringing in Weston McKinney was probably part of that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's their exciting signing of of the the window. I think, I think he ranks as one of the top five most expensive players bought this January, based on some stat. I uh, saw. No, he's on loan um, with an option to buy, so like he doesn't actually have like a price tag. I don't know who I was oh no, you're right. They might have paid a loan fee for him, but I'd be interested to hear how much that might have been. Hmm. Leeds win a double game week this week. They do play Forest and Man United, the other mm. side of, of that fixture. Um, but I don't want anyone from Leeds, even in draft now, Steve. Will you pick up maybe a defender or something out of that side? No, I wouldn't. I see a few people have recommended Melier because of the double game week, but I would personally be staying away from that. I don't think it makes much sense for me anyway, me personally. Um, Rodrigo is also out for two months. Personally. So they're just going to be lacking for goals up top potentially. Um, Bamford probably comes back into the starting lineup at that stage, but I mean, he's only been brought off the bench and hasn't really been uh, integrated in, back into the starting lineup. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. <clears throat> I I think he only has about sixty minutes left before his next injury, if I'm right. So probably wouldn't bother with him either. Yeah, like it. It's um. It's a it's a tough one for Bamford. Like he's really tried to do everything he can to be out there, but it just hasn't gone his way. I'm wondering now if I do drop Walker since he doesn't play any football anymore, mm. and I'm trying to gather some money for my Rashford Saka moves. Mm. Who do I pick up? Is I suppose a third Newcastle defender? Oh, I, 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 I yeah, don't know I, if I trip. I don't know if I go triple. Um, it you could probably use it as like a kind of rotation spot if you wanted to, but probably not because then it it almost definitely eats up one of your free transfers every week. Um, someone who I was looking at, um, if you don't already have him, Bueno is relatively cheap. Uh, and he oh, and he's been playing a lot of minutes for Wolves, and after this game against Liverpool at home. They have a very nice run of fixtures. Southampton away, Bournemouth at home, Fulham away. So he's a cheap player that is going to play good minutes and has a nice set of fixtures. So he could be definitely an option there. And what also that does then is it frees up money for you elsewhere to, say, bring in your Saka or your Rashford. That's an interesting move. Um, He's also named after one of my favourite bears. So I am interested. Gone are the days where you could have a Wolves wing back and depend on goals and assists out of him. Uh, but, yeah, it's been yeah, a while I mean, since Matt Doherty was productive for Wolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He used to have Johnny or... A few yeah, Johnny fucking... It. Oh, God. I feel sorry for that, man. That 
that one injury seemed to really just throw him off entirely. He was flying it up until then. I think his name probably played a part of it. You can't expect to be called Johnny and play well. Uh, you time. need to have a H in there. J-O-N-N-Y, like, just doesn't really look... It doesn't look right to me anyway, but uh, I digress. So, um, we're, you're you're but, talking you're talking about making changes into your midfield and getting in, like, a, a Sacco or a Rashford on. Is that correct? I'm getting in both, Steve. Oh. I'm getting rid of Kulazewski and Almiron. I'm holding on to Martinelli and De Bruyne. So the information I've given you regarding Bueno is pretty much useless then? Uh, I think I need money. That's That was my point. I'm dropping Walker, getting money, mm-hmm. putting it in my midfield, and hopefully retaining a playing three back uh, defense. Yeah. But uh, we'll see how that goes. The bankers and outside picks this week, Steve. Yep. Uh, change up at the top. Uh, our number one pick this week, Steve, is... Our number one pick this week is Erling Haaland. Yeah, it's a bit different from last week, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, like you could honestly put Rashford up the top there because of the double game week. But I mean, uh, when you score a hat trick against Wolves in your, the last Premier League game, I know that he did play against Arsenal in the cup and maybe didn't get as many chances. That Arsenal actually did a pretty good job of keeping him quiet. But you know that that's with Encante out and Spurs kind of in the form that they're in like you do fancy him to do some damage there so it'll be interesting to see how they get on and then you know obviously we were mentioning the whole banana uh, skin game for Arsenal away to Everton but like you do really fancy Saka to continue the form that he's on um and then, like we've we've just basically decided to stick with the same three bankers Newcastle defence West Ham are just not playing very good football at the moment. They brought in Danny Ings to play striker because Kamaka was out injured long term and Antonio doesn't seem to have the legs for a full 90 anymore, but maybe I'm wrong there. But then Danny Ings gets injured almost straight away, so you're back in all your eggs are in Antonio's basket and then like Bowen hasn't been nowhere near really what he basket. was last season and then you have Pacata who hasn't probably been as productive as they were hoping. So you just you do wonder where the goals are going to come from with this team. Yeah, West Ham, they uh, did, did, did end last season in flying form, didn't they? But when Bowen did nothing at the start of this season and, and now they're stuttering, looking for goals, I mean, yeah, you, you used to have Pablo chipping in, uh, Lanzini even. Uh, they had a few, a few attacking outputs for us. It all seems to have fallen apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 Nick Pope, I'd say, is confident of getting that uh, clean sheet record this week. Uh, your, your outside pick, Steve, which is fucking wild. My outside pick is uh, the Wolves' defense. I genuinely don't rate Liverpool's chances in this game. Um, having watched the game uh, against Brighton and watched the game against Chelsea, I struggle to see where the goals are going to come from Salah is not what he used to be Gakpo isn't a striker being asked to play striker I know Darwin Nunes is coming back from fitness but I don't know if he's fit enough to start if so then maybe I have to rethink my decision here but I mean then again Darwin Nunes is Darwin Nunes so um, probably not Um, and then yeah like I mean I think the sooner that they can get um, Jota and Diaz back the better uh yeah, Oxlade Chamberlain at left wing isn't really doing it for me to be honest. He's uh 
No, exactly he's done well to hang on in that squad because he like they should have got rid of him a, a couple of seasons ago, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I think he was a little maybe a little overrated going to Liverpool and had some good games, but so I don't know that you'd regard it like as the, that successful the, signing. The thing was like Arsenal were he, we were trying him out in a bunch of different positions. It was the wing, and then it was midfield, and then we didn't know what his best position was. And then he said he wanted to be a midfielder, but he was always injured, so it was hard to tell how good he could be. And then he we sold him for forty million, which at the time was good value. But then he started playing really, really well for Liverpool in the midfield. But then I think he got in the Champions League, he got a really bad, was it ACL or a serious injury anyway. And then that completely derailed him. And then he never really managed to reclaim a spot in the in the squad after that or in the lineup after that, I should say. And um, yeah, he's been kind of used in almost like a kind of Milner fashion in rotation to play either in midfield or up top, wherever the, the hole might be. And uh, he's kind of he's kind of fallen back into that trend that he had with Arsenal, where he just kind of fills in wherever the manager needs him to, but never really plays that well. As is the case with those types of players, I think if if you're if you're used in multiple positions, chances are you're probably not not that good at any of them. But um, yeah, no, Liverpool struggling it seems to be the. The topic of the week. I'm going to go with Chelsea's Mudrick this week. I thought he looked spicy enough Bastard. there against Liverpool. <laughs> What's wrong with him? No, they should. That Arsenal had basically almost had a deal for him, and then he decided uh, to go to Chelsea after all the Instagram and stuff, all the posts he made about wanting to join Arsenal, wanting to play for Arteta, and then he just turns around and plays for Chelsea. Like, fuck it. I'd love to. I'd love to see the next Chelsea Arsenal game. Something I do like. Sometimes I'd complain, but I love seeing players get booed at games. Do you know, if someone leaves a team and goes to another team, something or or does something mad. Hmm. It's I, I I do love that in a game when there's a nice bit of malice in the crowd. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, I won't say I'm going into it with a great deal of confidence to this Fulham game. I mean, not not that they're any good, but like, no idea what Chelsea are going to do. They could they could come out and be the best team in the league based on the players you know on paper. Um, chances are they'll struggle. They'll get a goal from midfield and win the game. But uh, yeah, not 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 great times to be a Blues fan. Unless of course you just love signings, which I kind of do. Yeah, as Chelsea as a Chelsea supporter, that's basically how you've been. Your brain has been programmed for the last like twenty years. Is that like you just love signings because you sign everyone? And then you like you bolster up the the numbers for the lone army. Then, so like that's basically Chelsea's mo. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out long term. Because, I mean, you've got all these players now that are a similar age profile, and while it makes sense from a business standpoint to to do this, like it, how do you how do you balance the squad? How do you like how do you get a winning formula when you? If you have a team, a starting eleven that you're happy with, how do you then go about making changes to it so that you don't upset the other the other players in the squad and keep morale high? And uh, it's a lot of a lot of headaches for Graham Potter. And how much he was involved in the decisions to sign all these players, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But they're there now, and and it's his job to make it work. So we'll see if he can do that. We'll see, unless of course Jose Mourinho returns. 
for a third stint, I don't think even Mourinho would be that bold. Apparently he said he wants to come back. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and I, I want lots of things, but <laughs> not a lot, none of them are going to happen. <laughs> Nothing Stephen wants ever happens. No, very few. <laughs> Time to move on to questions. I think I think it'll be... Uh, we'll do the questions and then, and then maybe the January transfer window. Your triple captaining Rashford, Steve. I think you've already discussed that one. Yeah. Um, why are you not waiting for a Haaland double game week? Because the Haaland double game week that's on paper at the moment is uh, Villa and Arsenal. And while the Villa game could potentially be a nice one, I feel like the way that Arsenal played against him in the cup with Rob Holding in and Gabriel in the first half, and then they brought on Saliba in the second half and kept him pretty quiet. I think he might have had one decent chance, but other than that, I don't think there was much there for him. So, again, for the reasons I've listed, but above, like nice nice fixtures for United they're in really good form both the games are at home and Rashford is in arguably the form of his career uh, I think so I think he's he's gotten over his, his obsession with kids be that good or bad <laughs> don't say it like uh, he's that got, <laughs> he's, he's gotten back to good football um, the next one, Steve, with Cancelo gone, who's going? How are you going to replace him? I think a lot of people will have already replaced Cancelo. Yeah, um, um, you're probably. If you had that seven seven million there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't see a premium defender that you would go to replace him with. Trent hasn't been very good. Robertson hasn't been very good. Like just I think, to, to put. I think. It. I think you're put, you're putting it in midfield. Like it, you'd, you'd spend if you could. Yeah, you'd like you probably three, are, but I mean, on, I'm on just the and Sackers of the world. I'm just thinking direct replacements. If you don't already, you're probably looking to get in Trippier. You're looking to get in Saliba, or one of those uh, defenses. I mean, you're probably looking for this week. You get Shaw in there because they have a nice double game week, and then they have a few nice fixtures after that. They play Leeds again, and then Leicester have a break in game week 25, which maybe you rotate them out for. They do have Liverpool, but then another nice run of fixtures after that. Like there's there's a few options you have there, really. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned Wolves already before, but the other option then is to maybe see, like what other what other um, Man City defenders are there. To if you wanted to stick with the Man City defense, like you know, it kind of seems like a Kanji is, or Ake are kind of nailed on. Like if 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 Ake isn't starting at centre back, he then goes out and plays left back. So it kind of feels like that's what they're going to do now with uh, Ake at left back or or, Lep- or not, uh, Laporte out there or Sergio Gomez. Although Sergio Gomez hasn't um, had any minutes in the Premier League since I think game week ten. So I'd be a little bit surprised if that were to to start happening. But um, yeah, like you just never know with Pep. You never know. I mean, like maybe you could also pick up Ederson, but like no, you won't because you're just going to play Nick Pope instead. So uh, it's it's a conundrum picking out a Man City defender. I think I think you're better off spending that money in the midfield there with with, with a few of those guys who are in shit hot form. Um, so Conte is going to be missing for the City game. Uh, yeah, gallbladder surgery. We kind of spoke about how their form will be. I propose that maybe their form will go upside down, that they'll play very well in the first half and fall apart in the second. What, what do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, it'd be a it'd be a nice change from what they're 
what they're used to. Although that did kind of happen in the in the first game that they had against Man City. They took uh, they scored two quick goals before half time, and then City came out and absolutely blitzed them. And then everyone kind of said, "Oh well, the title challenge is back on," or you know, the 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 race with Arsenal is back on because at, at half time of that game, you were kind of thinking, "Jesus, if they lose this game, Arsenal have another have a game in hand on them." Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. I know Kane is. Um, I don't know if Kane got the record already, uh, um, or if he's going into this game looking for the record. But you know, he's around that Jimmy Greaves mark, so like it'll be he'll be interested in kind of getting ahead and and seeing seeing how we how far he can push the number until the summer, where he might have to potentially make a decision on his future. Yeah, well, I think with his brother as his uh, his. Uh agent he's probably not going far yeah. um and deitch are you saying deitch is missing for the everton arsenal game no he, sorry i was just talking no, about yeah. like in general like manager news going into the weekend deitch will be there like obviously to coach them yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting definitely i mean like i'd, I'd it'd be love you'd love to see he already to have instilled a solid back four and you know, like play a four-four-two, put up two strikers. If yeah, they have like fit. they just have a squad that I think, like you have, you have Tarkovsky who he's already worked with. You have Connor Cody who seems like a very dice centre back. You have Seamus Coleman yeah. if he's fit, who just seems like a dice player. And then like left back, you have Mikalenko who I uh, yeah, not great, but you can make it work. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go i reckon it's going to be a four a bog standard 442 that turns into a 451 out of possession and then in possession maybe they're going to go for a, a bit more 4231 or something but um yeah like you just there it's not going to be an easy game like they're <laughs> i i remember listening to a podcast and they were saying they released um like footage of uh, the training sessions and you had them all doing the bleep test like you know back like you're like you're when you're back in school <laughs> jesus yeah yeah whip them into shape uh will everton stay up uh yes but i think it'll be very close i think it like it'll be closer than last season and that's that's saying something like at the moment they are at the moment, they are only two points from safety, you know. So as bad as things have been, the gap that they need to close is not much. Like their gap to thirteenth is six points. Like it's, it's not, it's not insurmountable. Is it out of Deitch alone you expect them to stay up? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking that. All right. Um... I think we have some time to talk about the January signings. It, it, it is a long pod so far. I think we're around the 50-minute mark. So maybe we'll just touch on the big ones that are going to make a difference. I'm going to skip Bournemouth and talk immediately about Jorginho at Arsenal. They have a few other good signings. But um, how do you think that'll go, Steve? Yeah, I think it's I think it's one that will be positive. Like, if Arsenal don't win the league, nobody's going to blame Jorginho for it. But if Arsenal do win the league... <laughs> He'll probably have a hand to play in it. He's won the Euros, he's won the Premier League, won the Champions League. He's he's a serial winner. He knows kind of what it takes. And I think that kind of gets underestimated because when Zinchenko and uh, Gabriel Jesus came into Arsenal, uh, they started training with them. They kind of turned around to them and were like, you guys aren't far off City. Like, you know, we were there for years. We know what the level is like and what the level is need that is 
that is needed to, to compete at this level and we are there so like he, he was kind of saying at, at this at the after the United game like that everyone kind of laughed at him he said well nobody's laughing now so they're taking it really seriously and I think Jorginho for 12 million a year and a half on the contract you know with an option for another year I think it's nice because um, they're still going to go after someone in the summer I think he kind of knows understands that as well he knows what his role is so it's uh, it's one that I don't think is um, going to go badly uh, yeah I mean like if he's a flop it's probably not gone terribly or is it 20 million or so 25 million or so um, 12 he's 12 I mean, million like, Oh, 12. But I I always thought Jorginho played his best generally with a back five. Um, I saw I saw they were playing the, the highlight of that one assist he got for Tammy Abraham, which looked really nice. I, I think if it works out, it, it might look absolutely brilliant. I mean, like Jorginho in a good, fast-playing team. But I, I think there's a potential to, that you might see the bad side of Jorginho as well. Um, I'm interested to see. Uh, is Trossard going to start, Steve? No, uh, he will be a kind of squad player that'll come in on the left or the right, or um, potentially up top if needs be until Jesus is back. But um, no, he doesn't start over Saka or Martinelli. Um, he might start the odd game just to give those guys a rest because I think, unlike um, Man City, we can't afford to rotate our starting eleven that much. Like if you notice, like like our our starting 11 is nailed on almost every week you know it's very predictable whereas i think with pep because he knows what it what it takes sometimes that it's a marathon not a sprint that he rotates the players a bit more so he might get a start here and there but no he doesn't start over um who who's currently there yeah that'll that'll be another interesting one um hopefully his attitude improves some bit uh, I was interested to see that Aston Villa got Aaron Ramsey back from loan, but that was a different Aaron Ramsey. It is. <laughs> uh, how about Romeo Beckham at Beckham Beckham at Brentford? Um, he's signed to like the B team, so like it's not actually like a, it's not like he's going to make a Premier League start. I mean, he might at the end of the season if they're up and there's nothing really else to play for. But I mean, he's not good enough. <laughs> so, like, I'm. Not gonna comment any further. <laughs> uh, Brighton. Then I see they got in an Irish guy, Marco Mahoney. We'll give him a mention. And Duffy went out. He's gone to Fulham. Yeah, uh, there's Duffy. I suppose is o- over the crest now, isn't he? He for Premier League, yes. For Ireland, not at all. Like we we will run that man <laughs> into the ground, and we're still reliant on his headed goals from corners until uh, j- until someone else can come along and do that, which. Uh, Evan Ferguson looked like he was going to do and uh, until he got injured by Fabinho for a horrible challenge that he should have been sent off for and I think he knows that himself but um, yeah like it'll just you just hope he gets some game time there because he hasn't really so far this season Uh, yeah absolutely yeah hopefully he can play himself into form for the Irish squad wouldn't mind seeing them actually play some decent football. Chelsea with a couple of shrewd signings. Yeah, just uh, just the two hundred and something million spent. Look, uh, we talked we talked with Enzo Fernandez already. Mudrick um, looked great in the I think was it twenty or thirty minutes he played against Liverpool. Very quick feet, uh, intelligent. Um, uh, maybe just a little bit similar. 
a little bit of composure, a little bit of composure needed. You might just say a couple looked like he was snatching at a couple of those chances, but then again, they weren't the easiest. Um, Badia Shiele has come in and got a couple of clean sheets under his belt, so that's interesting. Uh, Joe Felix, when he once he comes back from suspension, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, but he looked he looked shit hot right before the red card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it feels like a, an appropriate sentence to say. <laughs> he looked really good until he didn't. Mm. Uh, they also got Madweke there from PSV um, he's someone that I got to watch live while I was over there um, never really lit the stage a light while I was present anyways Javi Simmons took his spot very convincingly uh, once he arrived um, so I'm not sure about the Madweke signing to be honest I, I, I do feel like Mudrick and Felix are all you know of the January signings are ahead of him anyway yeah uh, he's he, he's one for the future, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's young. He's English. He's that's why he has that price tag. And then, of course, Fernandez, you might say, is replacing Jorginho now. Uh, he's probably the, the most exciting signing. Probably, hopefully, the most impactful signing of January. Yeah, you would think so. Um. Those of you who like cheap forwards in fantasy football will be dis- disappointed to see Luke Plange. Has, oh, wait, he's moved. He was on loan? I Is this a different Plange? I don't know, Owen. I don't know who we're talking about here. The guy from Crystal yeah. Palace. Yeah, was he on loan? There was a Plange who was uh, available for very cheap money and was in a lot of teams at the start of the season. Oh, okay. I have no idea Just who it is funny name Because he was a funny name, gotcha. Um... Yeah, maybe. Palace also got Lukanga. Do we think Anthony Gordon's going to start um, at the weekend, or do we think he's going to take Joe Linton's spot on the left, even though he is predominantly a right winger? I had presumed Joe Linton was playing in the midfield. No, he's played the last few games at left wing. Interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he'll start. Uh, it's it's interesting. Like I know he he had, he's actually just gone through a terrible run of form with Everton. He's He's not as good as he was, we'll say, before the World Cup or whatever. I think there was a lot um, going on in the background as well, just to kind of maybe cut him a small bit of slack. Like, it's not exactly like Everton, Everton have been playing great football at the moment either, you know. But um, I think with I think Eddie Howe is a good manager, and like if you look at how he's managed to get the best out of the players that he's got at the moment, I think he can do the same for Anthony Gordon. Um, it's just a case of whether he plays him on the left or the right, because Almiron kind of has that right-hand side nailed down at the moment, so the left-hand side kind of feels like the only area available to him. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on there. Um, yeah, like, I don't... Absolutely. I don't really know... Um. Then we mentioned Weston McKinney for Leeds, I think, already. Uh, yeah, you've got Paul at Liverpool. We spoke about him. Not terribly exciting. Yeah. Nothing happening at City aside from Cancelo out. Yeah. Sabitzer at Man United. Yeah. He's one I haven't really got eyes on at all. Was he playing for Munich? No. Well, I mean, yes and no. So, like, um, they obviously brought in uh, Julian Nagelsmann from... Uh, Orby Leipzig and uh, Sabitzer he would have worked with a lot at Leipzig and then he uh, signed him almost as one of his first signings when he moved to Munich but uh, hasn't really worked out for him that well like that that Bayern Munich squad is loaded with um, German internationals and 
hasn't been the easiest time for him. So I think when United kind of approached him for a loan, I think it was something that suited everyone. Suited Bayern Munich, suited United, suited him. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. He's an he's a good like forward player. So he'll kind of yeah. suit the eight role that I think Ericsson was kind of doing at the mo at the moment. Um and like Four Casemiro minutes, just anchors the midfield. So yeah, I think it'll be a, a shrewd bit of business for United. That'll be interesting now. Um, then at Forest, I see they got in Chris Wood. I'd be very interested to see how he gets on there. Yeah, I mean, they just... <laughs> the Newcastle signing Chris Wood last season just it was a desperate move and, uh, for them to stay in the league. £20 million, pounds, just meet the release clause, no arguing about it, get him in. Didn't really do anything for them, really. Got a few goals, but nothing well, major. Might have sank Burnley, though. Sorry? That might have sank Burnley. Uh, it I might have like sank Burnley, signing. but then they should have put in a bigger release and, and clause if they wanted. If they didn't want that to happen, like you know, they 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 can have no one to blame but themselves in that regard. They got twenty million pounds from that they could have spent on another player, but they didn't. Um, look, I I don't yeah, I don't know what to say uh, about I, I don't know what to say about Nottingham Forest. I thought it was They've, a clever a clever move by Newcastle. Is my point that maybe they stayed up because they bought that player? No, they didn't stay Burnley. up because of Chris Wood. They stayed up because. Of like bringing in players like Bruno Gimaraes and um, Eddie Howe, just being a good manager, they'd not stay up because of Chris Wood. Trust me. Um, no, no, I know that. But I'm saying that one team, there were teams that had to go down, and Burnley was one of them. Yeah, I maybe see. because they didn't have Chris Wood. I ugh. Spurs did get Danjuma in the end, uh, to Everton's dismay. Yeah, uh, they... we spoke about about. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I think that Dan Juma's importance or his um, status had maybe been slightly elevated past what he's actually capable of producing. I think the need for Everton to get someone in kind of elevated him a bit and then kind of Tottenham. I don't know why, like they paid $60 million for a Charleston and they just don't seem to want to play him. So they felt like they needed to get someone else in. So they got him in on loan and beat Everton to it, which isn't saying something because nearly every single club that uh, uh, has beaten Everton to a player that they were interested in signing. But it just it's the slow bit of business that Tottenham painstakingly goes through every time they want to try and sign a player like Dan Juma and then specifically Pedro Porro, who back and forth for like three weeks or two weeks at least, I think, trying to sign this guy. And eventually they get him in, but I mean, like it just everything is so laboured and it takes so long, and it just, you know, it just doesn't feel like something that like a, a top top club really does. Um, but like, yeah, I could be proven mm. wrong. He could go and light up the league, so we'll have to wait and see. That might be part of the reason why uh, Spurs can keep that wage bill so low. They generally don't overpay their players, do they? Yeah, I suppose you have a point there. That's the way Dan Levy does his business. But, I mean, like, why sign someone like Jed Spence from Nottingham Forest in the summer and then not even give him a single appearance for Spurs? Like? That one is wild, yeah. I mean, like, he was hotly tipped coming into Oh, yeah, league. sure. I mean, I think even and Arsenal that, were talking about going in for him until, and then Spurs signed him. But then Conte obviously just doesn't like the player. 
So you're kind of left in no man's land then if you're Jed Spence. Like, you know, you, you've just been signed, so there's no chance of you getting sold. And I think the only option then was a loan, like, to, to even just for if Spurs do decide for whatever reason to try and sell him on in January or in the summer to just to try and recoup some of the value that was lost. But it's just a weird one. And then you have Matt Doherty leaving to Atletico Madrid on a free transfer, which was weird. Like, oh, I thought that was a loan. Is that a, is that a transfer? Or is it a transfer? Uh, I'll double check that. It says free here. So I was thinking a free transfer, but maybe it is a loan. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you'd, lo- you'd love to see Doherty play well. I'm not sure he's actually going to get a game at Atletico. But hopefully so. Talking about Atletico, uh, was it Wolves did sign Cunha from there. Maybe I think some teams need to learn that by getting Atletico players in doesn't always work out. I would argue that it very, very rarely ever works out. Matthias Cunha, like you know, he was left out of the Brazil squad for the World Cup due to his poor form at Atletico Madrid, and then Wolves come in and pay like close to fifty million for him. So, ah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, I don't know um, how that sign is going to work out. He could be kind of like a, almost like a Jesus type and he kind of elevates everyone around him and maybe doesn't get on the score sheet that much himself. Sarabia, I think, is a shrewd bit of business. I think he's a tidy player. And um, yeah, like I, I don't really know too much about Joao Gomez, who they got from Flamengo, but I think they were in desperate need to bolster the squad just with some some better quality players, like you know. And I think they've kind of done that here. Uh, well done, Wolves. They'll also want to turn around their form. Uh, Steve, I think that's going to do it for episode nineteen of season two. Lovely. The FPL jingle. Good episode. Uh, nice, nice to be back podcasting. We're 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 getting long breaks between pods, Steve. Something's we're, we're getting long breaks. It's kind of nice. Yeah, kind of disjointed. A little bit of both, <laughs> but I mean, like you know, you were traveling as well, so there's like there's other f- factors outside of the podcast that like affect it. You know, like I mean, you deciding to go to another continent, you know, kind of had a knock on effect. Like, what is it now? A quarter to one here for me so like <laughs> you know there's 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 real life implications to think about no to mind the real life just think of fantasy football if only i could on <laughs> if fantasy could pay the bills uh, i would be what the equivalent of a struggling artist <laughs> <laughs> if fantasy paid my bills i'd be very poor given how i play yeah uh, uh, okay uh, thank you listener for listening if you want to get in touch with us you can do that using several forms of software you can do it on twitter uh, that's uh, at FPL Jingle you can get us on discord it'll be linked in the podcast description and you can look at our website fpljingle.com uh, all the best and bye for now bye everyone bye